Welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 130, Where's Your Treasure? Let me start off by sharing that in this moment of time, we've heard over the last few days about Larry King, Cicely Tyson, Hank Aaron, Floris Leachman. I'm sure there's many others that I've forgotten. In addition to almost a half a million of American citizens who have died of COVID-19, through the pandemic of 2020 and continuing on through 2021. There's a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7 that talks about, for we brought nothing into this world and it's for certain that we will carry nothing out. Now, you will say, why do you want to bring that up? Isn't that kind of morbid? But the reality is why we're talking about where's your treasure is because God wants us to think about him as being the great treasure that's eternally the kingdom of heaven. And he represents that through him being the word and the good news. But we're so focused on earthly treasure and mammon and whether we have enough now for money and bills and all the things that are for this temporary time period. So I wanted to share something. This is going to be a light milkshake. A lot of times I'm very heavy, but I want to show you some things in the scripture, the Holy Bible, and I'm going to use the living translations as well as the the new King James, but I want to use the living because I want you to be able to hear it in regular folk language. So you don't feel like I'm talking churchy or I'm talking uh, so uppity that you can't understand. I'm going to put it in plain language. And the reason why is because everyone is focused about their bills. They're focused about the temporary treasures. They're, they're focused about the IRS. They're focused about the house note and the car note and this bill, that bill and money, money, money. And maybe that's not you. But there's a lot of people who are. So I want to share some things about treasure in the natural and treasure in the spiritual. Because the reality of you're not carrying anything out with you is that none of that will matter that's natural. And the things that will matter are the treasures you have within your soul within the spirit that God will say to be absent from this natural decaying body that was come from the dust that will go back to the dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The natural things of this body will not translate to the glorified body that you have in heaven. But everybody wants to focus on these treasures. So I thought we'd have a little, I'm going to call it a little treasure uh, 101. You know, when you start a class, you got to start the basics. So I'm going to take you through some basics. I'm going to start with the basics 101 about some of this stuff about treasure. And then I want us to, to kind of transition and go a little deeper. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to start at verse 2. And again, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation so I can make it real clear. I'm going to say it just as plain as, as the Word of God is translated through the Holy Spirit. So verse 2 says, Teach these truths, Timothy, and encourage all to obey them. Some may deny these things, but they are sound. Wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ and the foundation for a godly life. That's why we're talking about it, because I want y'all to hear the foundation for a godly life. And these are from the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not making these up. Verse 4. Anyone who says anything different is both proud and stupid. He is quibbling over the meaning of Christ's words 
and stirring up arguments, ending in jealousy and anger, which only lead to name-calling, accusations, and evil suspicions. These arguers, their minds warped by sin, don't know how to tell the truth. To them, the good news is just a means of making money. Keep away from them. Y'all follow me so far? It's not too hard. This is easy speak. This is easy speak. Verse 6 in 1 Timothy 6. Do you want to be truly rich? Come on now. Y'all know y'all want to be naturally rich in this natural earthly rich, but he's talking spiritual rich, but he's asking questions. Do you want to be truly rich? It's a, it's a question. You do either yes or no. You are, are, you already are if you are happy and good. Uh, I don't, I don't think that needs, needs a lot of explanation. After all, we didn't bring any money with us when we came into the world and we can't carry away a single penny when we die. Cicely Tyson, as great an actress as she was, all the films that we know, Hank Aaron, as many home runs that he's hit, all the records he's hit, Floris Leachman, all the many movies and Emmys and Oscars, Larry King, all the interviews that he's done, all the money these people have made. Not one dime is going to be going with them when it comes to transitioning to the eternal realm that they already have. Their bodies may be left here and haven't been put in the ground yet, but they're gone. It says here in verse 8, So we should be well satisfied without money if we have enough food and clothing. But people who long to be rich soon begin to do all kinds of wrong things to get money. Things that hurt them and make them evil-minded and finally send them to hell itself. For the love of money is the first step toward all kinds of sin. Some people have even turned away from God because of their love for it. And as a result, have pierced themselves with many sorrows. Now I want y'all to jump to verse 17. Read the whole, whole book of uh, 1 Timothy 6, but verse 17. This is 101. Tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money. So all the poor folks watching, don't be aspiring to be rich. And all the rich folks watching, don't be so proud to trust in your money. It says, tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone. But their pride and trust shall be in the living God, who always richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. And they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. Now, the last piece, maybe you think is not applicable to you, verse 20. Oh, Timothy, don't fail to do these things that God entrusted you. Keep out of foolish arguments with those who boast of their knowledge and thus prove their lack of it. Some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Do you, let me say it again. They don't know God. You can be as rich as you think you are, have as many houses and lands and cars and all this stuff. 
and don't know God and you have found yourself going to spend time here getting a lot of stuff and find yourself in hell. Now, I'll tell you something that Rev has told before in his story. He shared that one of the richest men in a time was Rockefeller. Rockefeller fell very ill at the end of his life. And they said that Rockefeller was in such agony and pain that he said he would give all of his money if he could just have a moment without the pain and suffering that he was going to, going through. And I can tell you, that was money that he was willing to give up. A lot of people said when they think of their loved ones who've died, if I could only have one more conversation with mama or daddy or my husband or my child or my best friend, whoever, oh, I give up so much. I give it all away just for that one last discussion, that one last embrace, that one last opportunity to show my love and to feel that peace of being with that person. We have a lot of things and treasures that we're holding on tight to. But we got to recognize something about that. It's not going to be here forever. It's not eternity. Now that's 101. I want y'all to go now because we're going to move to 201. We're going to make it easy for you tonight. I want y'all to go to Matthew. Matthew 6. Now there's two pieces of 201. The 201 that I want you to see first, which is the next level. We done learned about treasure a little bit. Now I've talked in the last couple of times about you can't serve two masters, but I'm going to break that down a little better tonight. So let's go to verse 19. Talking about this treasure, because I'm asking you, where's your treasure? Because there's a scripture that says, out of the abundance out of your heart, your mouth speaks and where your treasure is. You know, you know where your heart is. So some of y'all can look at your bank accounts, can look at your credit card statements. You can look at your ATM transactions. Y'all know where the treasure is and you know what you're doing with it. And you know how your heart is for why you want to do it. But let's just keep it simple. Verse 19 says out of chapter six of Matthew, don't store up treasures here on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen, store them in heaven where they will neither lose their value and are safe for, from thieves. If your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there too. Now, here's the thing. We've been listening on TV lately about Robin Hood and how the stock market is being manipulated because of GameStop and AMC and all this other stuff. The reality is people want to make money. People want to, to take it or stick it to the, the man that's making all this money. We just got to show them. We got to show that the little guy has a chance. All that sounds good on TV. And, and for the first weeks of it, you know, it, it has our attention. But the reality is money won't last past this natural realm, gang. It will not last beyond this natural realm. Now, there's two stories that most of us as Christians know. And I won't take you to scripture. That'll be a lesson for you all to go find. The first is the um, the woman that Christ actually applauded and lauded and said that she gave her two mites. She gave more than everybody because she gave all that she had. But you know what? Her treasure was not those two mites. She was a poor woman, but 
Her real treasure was Jesus Christ. She was showing him that she wanted to give unto the Lord. She wanted to give that money to the synagogue for the proclamation of the Lord. And she was willing to give all that she had, not because she was trying to be seen. Not that she didn't know that Christ was going to elevate her and to tell this story for all eternity for us to hear and read this word about her. It's a testament from Christ himself, but she trusted in God. That was her true treasure. It wasn't the two mites. The two mites showed that she didn't have much. Some of us don't have much, but what we have is a heart to truly trust the living God. Now, the other story that many of us know, we know about the Good Samaritan. But the Good Samaritan did some of the very things that we saw in 1 Timothy 6. The man had money. Not to say that the first two that passed by didn't have means, money, opportunity, but they didn't trust in God enough to say, I'm going to help the man that has fallen, has been beaten on the side of the road. I'm going to stop, take a break out of whatever my plans are, and I'm going to stop and help him, which you saw in 1 Timothy 6. I'm going to share my money and take him to the place to get him some help. I'm going to put down some money and I'm going to tell the innkeeper, I want you to take care of him. And if it costs more than I've given you, I will come back here and I will give you more. And I will make sure that the debt is paid, but I want you to take care of this man. Now, if he had a choice between God and mammon, which of them do you see that he's serving? He's serving the Lord. He's not thinking about the money. But see, these stories that we hear they sound like real night nice thing, but when it comes down to what we want to do, we get it really twisted. That's my favorite word when I teach these. We get things twisted up and, and confused because we are so wrapped up in, oh, I don't have enough treasure. I don't have enough for my bills. I just don't have enough. So let's go to Matthew chapter 17 because I want us to have some understanding about everybody goes through some things we have lacked. Or we think we have lack. But I want y'all to see something. Matthew 17, verse 27. Again, I'm in the Living Translation. So Matthew, let's talk about verse 27. Well then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend. Let me go up a little bit further. Because they had asked Peter this question. They asked Peter, were he and the Lord Jesus Christ going to pay their taxes, the temple tax. Are they going to pay them? Well, y'all know Christ's whole focus was to share the good news town to town to town. Peter was a fisherman, but now he's a fisherman of men, not fish, fish, but that's his trade. So let's start here. I'm going to go, I'm going to start a little bit further up. Let me start up at verse 23. One day while they were still in Galilee, Jesus told them, I'm going to be betrayed into the power of those who will kill me. And on the third day afterwards, I will be brought back to life again. And the disciples' hearts were filled with sorrow and dread. On their arrival in Capernaum, the temple tax collectors came to Peter and asked him, doesn't your master pay taxes? Of course he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings levy assessments against their own people or against their conquered foreigners? 
against the foreigners, Peter replied. Well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the shore and throw in a line and open the mouth of the first fish you catch. You will find a coin to cover the taxes for both of us. Take it and pay them. Now, I want y'all to understand something. Do you understand the all-knowing power, omniscience of God? Omniscience is all-knowing. That he would know where to send Peter at the right time to know the course of a fish's travel, to understand that there was some human being that dropped a coin and at the same time that he dropped the coin that the fish through his path and journey ate the coin, had it still in his mouth, had not digested it yet, but by the time he got, meaning Peter, got down to the shore, the first fish that Peter threw a line in for his fishing pole and caught would be the very fish that Christ already knows that fish's journey to the point that he says, open that first fish's mouth. It's going to have the coin that we're going to, that you're going to need to pay these taxes because people are going to be offended if we don't pay the taxes. One lesson I want you to understand for first part of that story, Christ knows what you got going on in the course of your life. He knows what's in your bank account. He knows what you spent your money on. He knows what you haven't got. He knows what kind of shortage you have or shortfall that you think you have. He knows the way that you are running and, and trying to work it out and how you're stressed over this, stressed over that. He knows all of that. If he knows a fish in the course of the fish and he knows the person that dropped the coin and he's telling another man his creation to go get the very fish and get the coin out, can y'all understand how we're thinking of Christ in such a tiny manner? And Christ is the treasure that knows everything about you who is his treasure. He treasures you. You treasure money and mammon. He treasures you. His father treasures you and I so much that Christ came. But what's happening is we have pretense and we have offense. This is offense. This is part 201. We're offended by the fact that people will know that we have a lack. That people will think that we have bills that are piling up, that we have a situation where people are going to say we're in debt, we're in need, we're struggling. We don't want people, that that, that can make us look bad and we don't want that. So we kind of are offended by that. And then they saw those tax collectors, they were trying to throw something on Peter to say, why isn't your master doing what everybody else is doing? Christ is not everybody else. He is the true treasure. He is the treasure that will be in eternity. He left and he had all that he came with was his divinity, his lack of sin. He took that back to glory. Here's the, oh, that was the offense, but let me show you some pretense. In Matthew chapter six, verse one, it talks about how some of us are doing some things in pretense. And I want you to see what it talks about in Matthew chapter six, verse one. Take care. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired for them you will lose the reward from your father in heaven when you give a gift to a beggar don't show shout about it as the hypocrites do blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity i tell you in all earnestness they have received all their reward they will ever get but when you do a kindness to someone, 
Do it secretly. Don't tell your left hand what your right hand is doing and your father who knows all secrets will reward you. Now, he begins a topic about prayer, but he talks about charitable deeds and giving because there are people that have means, have money, but they would rather be seen to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be helping I'm going to be helping these people over here. I'm going to be taking care of this family. I got to take care of my kin folks. I got to take care of this, you know, because they don't have their needs. Who are you doing that for? To be seen? To have the pretense? So people can start saying, oh, you're a good person. Oh, you're such a great pat-pat on the, you know, what are you doing that for? Who are you doing that for? Yourself? Or are you doing it for God? Because God is clear to say, you don't need to be running your mouth about that. You don't need to show and expose that to people. Because God knows everything you have. He knows everything he shared with you so that you can be a blessing to others. But he doesn't need you to go telling people, shouting about what you're doing, making it public. Hey, I just gave $50,000 to this charity. Hey, I just gave a million dollars. to this. I just bought groceries for 10 families. Hey, I just bought the whole store out. So everybody come in. Who are you doing that for? Are you doing it so they can see it on TV? Are you doing it so all the church folks will know that you're doing this? Are you, even these people that have to have their names on the, the, the pews and have their names on the windows and their names under this. If you want to give unto the Lord for whatever they have a need of in the congregation, give it. You don't have to have somebody stand up. We got to thank sister and brother for giving us a thousand dollars for this and that. Who's that for? God said, if you're going to do a charitable deed, do it secretly. Do it secretly. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. So you're seeing 101 was some things about treasures. 201, we're progressing for some knowledge. Now we need to get spiritual. We need to really see some things. We're going to go and start talking about the reality that the kingdom of God, where Christ was talking about the hidden treasure, Matthew chapter 13. We've been in Matthew, keeping it easy for you. Christ was telling parables as he explained that the secret things of God. He wants the mysteries to be about the children of God to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. And here we'll read again out of the Living Translation. He's talking about parables and he says, The kingdom of heaven is like, not that it is, but it's like a treasure, a man discovered in a field. In his excitement, one of the translations, in his excitement and joy, he's happy to find the kingdom of heaven in this field. He sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field and get the treasure too. It goes on in verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. He discovered a real bargain a pearl of great value and sold everything he owned to purchase it. This is not like the love of money is a root of all evil or the first step of, of evil and sin. This is people recognizing that there's a value to the kingdom of heaven, to Christ. Christ, I was talking to Rev when I was thinking about this teacher and I was going to focus on, we have a buried treasure. We had a situation that Christ, we talk about his death, burial, and resurrection. That the treasure of who Christ is eternally, our salvation, he is the wage of the sin that all of us had, that we deserve death. And Christ took it upon himself 
without sin, but with great love to allow himself to take on the penalty of death and allow the creature, us, in all of our sinfulness to crucify, to, to destroy his body to the point of taking the life force out of it for him to yield his spirit to the father. And we buried treasure into a borrowed tomb from Joseph of Arimathea. But that treasure could not stay buried, could not stay hidden, could not stay in a, in a death state because he's eternal life. He's life. And he had to go and proclaim the message. They said to the spirits and people say different speculation to say it was the angelic force that went and was went against with Satan against the Holy Father to let him know that he's overcome. He has overcome and he went and got all those saints that, that were that died before him and took them to glory. Because remember what he said to that thief on the cross? This day you will be in paradise. He didn't stay dead for three days in the sense that he's never going to rise again. He was dead and buried, but he that was his body. His spirit didn't get locked up into the tomb. It was that earthly body that we have. We see an example for Christ that he's the only one that can get up with that spirit and still have his body buried in a tomb. But when Mary came that morning, that body wasn't there because Christ wasn't there because he rose and resurrected with his glorified body. And that old body, it had to transform into that glorified body. That was the treasure. Now, my last scripture I want you all to see. I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2. Some of you talk really bad about yourself. You, you think of yourself as worthless. You think of who you see from the, the nakedness of what you see in the morning to what you see at night. It's, it's just, you talk bad about it. You don't remember how God fashioned and made you. And so you let the enemy beat you down during the daytime and then you let your mind and the things that are going in your life and what you think is your lack and, and that you don't have enough of whatever you think you need. And all of a sudden where God sees you as a treasure of love that was worth him sending his only begotten son, you think that you're, you're not worthy. But that's a lie of the devil. He wants you to see yourself as some despicable, ugly Thing. When God is saying, I know who you are. I died so that you would recognize that choose life, choose coming to know who I am. Ask me for forgiveness of your sin. Take upon my yoke, which is easy and my burden, which is light. He's trying to show that he is the true treasure, but he loves you as the treasure that he was willing to come and die and give his life for. So let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2. You, and I want you to put your name. I see a lot of names tonight, but I want you to put your name. You belong exclusively. Can you say that? Put your name in it. I'm going to say my name. Anita, you belong exclusively to the Lord your God. And it says, and he has chosen you, Anita. Put your name in it. He has chosen you to be his own possession, more so than any other nation on the face of the earth. Now, if we were to go to Deuteronomy chapter 14 in the New King James, I want you to hear this version. No matter what version, you're his possession. You're his special treasure. 
So verse two of that same chapter says, for you are a holy people to the Lord, your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people who are on the face of the earth. When you start to feel that you are inadequate, that nobody loves you, that nobody cares, I want you to put on your refrigerator, put on your car, put on the mirror, put on your, on your, on your purse, put on your wallet. You are a special treasure to God. He loved you and loved me enough to sacrifice his only begotten son because of the love of you as the special treasure that he wanted you. He didn't want you to find yourself in the pit of hell, in the lake of fire with the devil and the demonic force that went with the devil and went against God. He loves you. Stop talking bad about yourself. Stop calling yourself everything but the special treasure that God has given you. And stop, in the name of Jesus, focusing on the temporary treasure. You are not going to carry not one penny, nothing out when the time comes that God says it's time to leave this place. So start focusing on the things of God, the good news of God, the good news of his son, the true treasure. Christ can't be hidden. He can't be buried. He is no reason to be ashamed of him because he is worthy of all praise and honor. So when I ask you the question, where is your treasure? Don't let it lay up in things where moth and rust can devour and that thieves can break through and steal. They can't steal joy that Christ gives you. They can't steal the salvation that Christ gives you. They can't steal his grace. They can't steal all of the things that he has, the long suffering, the endurance, the word. Focus on the treasure, the true treasure, Jesus Christ. Know how special you are. Even in the midst of this pandemic, Know how special you are and that we love and have an omniscient, all-knowing God that if he can know where a fish is, 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 you know, he's swimming. If he can know the course of a fish and the course of a coin and how the fish is going to eat the coin, he knows where you are. He knows exactly where you are. He knows what's going on with you. He knows what struggles and challenges you have. But guess what, baby girl, baby boy? You got to know how special you are to him. And you got to stop putting yourself on the throne and say, no, I need to start talking to God. I need to start elevating the things in my life up to God. I need to start lifting my head up and not my head down and start asking God for forgiveness and ask him to come into your life. Ask him to recognize you for the special treasure you are once you give your life over to him. It ain't going to be perfect, saints, but it'll be a start for you understanding the true treasure. Jesus Christ, and you as a special treasure of his people that he's come to seek and to save that which is lost. I love you and Lord willing, I'll see you next week. God bless you.